0: can connect and be a part here Um, we have people walking around with prayer cards right now we are in the 21 days of prayer this is one week into 21 days of prayer our family has made a commitment each night at a set time we all put our phones on the table because you know this is probably one of the number one distractions in young lives at least and definitely in mine we all put our phones on the table and we all get out our good old-fashioned paperback Bibles, and we sit and we read for about 20 minutes. And then we gather to, back together, and we share what God's done for us or what he spoke to us. And then we pray together as a family. And I have to say that I'm super excited already one weekend to see how God is impacting my family so right now those people walking around with cards they would love to take your prayer requests we want to pray over those and every night here at church during the week we are praying over those cards so please fill one out make sure that you receive the prayer that you need this is your family right here and they they care deeply about you you know when you want to go deeper into something. You, you add weight, you run harder, you work harder, you focus more. It takes 21 days to build a new habit. So right now we are starting this new year by building the new habit, not new habit, but renewing the habit of prayer. So please fill out one of those cards and be a part of this prayer time. Let's open with a word of prayer this morning. Lord, thank you so much for your presence here today. Thank you for everyone who's here. Thank you for those who are online and streaming, and we pray that they feel blessed. Lord, we ask that you would bring healing this week, that you'd bring revelation, that as our families gather together to pray, that we would go deeper into your presence, Lord, that we would step out in faith, that we would bring our requests to you, Lord, and that we would look forward to the way that you are going to answer those prayer requests. Thank you so much, Lord, for your presence today. In Jesus' name, let's stand and worship today.
1: And Take my hand now, lead me out in the living waters You're the wellspring you are stirring You're the life for your sons and your daughters Eyes are open to the unseen And
2: my, and my faith is rising within me So bless the Lord now, sing it out loud Come and give the Lord his glory Burst in. You're calling me deeper, deeper, still So I'm going deeper, deeper, still Into your love, because your love keeps going Deeper, deeper, bursting. You're calling me deeper, deeper, still So I'm going deeper, deeper, still
1: Faith is arising within me. So bless the Lord now. Sing it out loud. Lift your hands, give the Lord His glory. You're calling me deep, deeper still. You're calling me deep, deeper still.
2: So I'm going
1: deeper, deeper still into your love. Because your love keeps go away. Deeper, deeper still. You're calling me deeper. Still. So I'm going deep the deeper still So I'm, I'm going, going deeper, deeper still Into your love
2: Into your love
1: Oh There is freedom Oh, there is freedom There is healing In the water There is freedom in the water oh there is freedom in your presence there is healing in your presence oh there is freedom There is freedom. There is freedom. Oh, there is healing. There is healing. There is healing. Oh, cause you're calling me deeper. Oh, you're calling me deeper. Yes. You're calling us deeper. Oh, you're calling us deeper. Oh, you're calling us deeper. Oh, oh, oh. yes, you're calling us deeper. You're calling us deeper. For, yes, you're calling me deeper. You're calling me deeper. You're calling me deeper. For.
3: this minute to worship him however you want worship him however you want you can praise dance shout scream worship make up your own lyrics take the time to worship him however you want kind of weird that we're kind of making stuff up as we go. But sometimes you got to change your atmosphere a little bit. Uh, you get kind of in the groove, you know, how, how you just keep going in the same rut and it just feels the same. And you're just like, ah, it's just the same thing. It's just another Sunday. Uh, what am I doing here? Man, I know God's here and I know people are here. So Why wouldn't I want to be here? And sometimes we just, you got to take a different approach and you got to kind of get out of that rut a little bit and just do your own thing and just worship Him how you want, make up your own lyrics, sing about what you want, praise about what you want. It's about you and Him. And we're just here as a team, as a mediator to bring Him to you, to restore, to heal, to praise, to worship, to be in His presence. So don't worry about us and I know it's what two degrees out, negative two. I mean your body doesn't move as fast as when' it's 60. but just worship him and don't worry about anything else. Deep I know who said it was God was calling us to a deeper place in this 21 days. He was taking us to a deep there's no other reason why we would sing this song. She didn't even know that was on this list. He's calling us to a deeper place. So why don't we take this song to allow him to show us this deeper place. Everybody's in this 21 days, let him show us this deeper deeper place. Allow him to take us to this place. I'm gonna sing this, because I know he wants me to keep singing this. And it seems repetitive, like, oh, another deeper, deeper song. We've done this for years. But how good, how good is it when God shows up and wants to take me to another place, to take me out of where I've been into where he wants me to go. I, we've been in places, but we need to get to where he wants us to be. So we're going to sing this, and just let it resonate. Just let it resonate in you. Marinate. Let it resonate. Deeper, deeper. Let's sing it. You call it me. Deeper still, you're calling me deeper,
1: deeper still. So I'm going deeper, deeper still into your love, because your love keeps going deeper, deeper still. You're calling me deeper, deeper still. So I'm going deeper, deeper still into your love, because your love keeps going deeper, deeper still. You're calling me. Step. so I'm going deeper deeper still into your the-
2: Sure, you're about to do, it. Hey. What have you? now, because Jesus, you change everything. fire, so God, oh Jesus, Jesus, oh Jesus, Jesus, oh Jesus, Jesus, oh Jesus, Let's just take a moment right there.
4: So a couple days ago in one of our prayer sessions here, we heard the encouraging word before we began to pray that there are things in our lives that we don't give to God. In fact, we're afraid to pray about those very things. We may be afraid because we felt that God let us down before right it didn't happen in the timing or the season or the way that we thought it was going to happen but that if we truly want to know god truly want to know who he is then we have to give him the places that we haven't relinquished to him yet and if you will give him the place that you've been hiding from him, if you'll give him the place that you're afraid to hear the answer, if you'll give him the place that you're afraid for him to touch because it might be painful as he touches it. Come on. See, we want the miracle, but we don't want no working of miracles. We want the instant miracle now, but we don't want what the Holy Spirit talks about, that it was a working of miracles. Because that working means that we have to go through a process in the meantime. I keep hearing us say, show us your glory, God. But realize that if there are things in our life that you and I will not give to God, how will he ever show himself and receive the glory for that moment? I think God's saying that there's some things today that as we surrender to him, in surrender we give him everything, we bow down. What is that thing? Maybe in this seven or eight days that we've been coming into prayer that there are things that you're staying away from. You're praying about everything but that. I think God wants that. I think God's saying that I want to show myself faithful in that, but you have to surrender it to me so that you can truly know that I'm good in every situation, so you can truly know that I want the best for you, so you can truly know me as Savior, as the one who rescues, the one who will take your brokenness and make it good. This is the God we serve, church. There's thing. looks today I encourage you right now just give it to him just give it to him we're 8 days into prayer 21 days of prayer he's still got a whole half a month to work on it will you say yes to knowing God in the place that you don't want to talk about will you give that place to him today because I think he's asking for it all Chains fall,
2: fear it bounce right here, right now. Cause Jesus, you change everything. Life's healed and hope is found right here, right now. Cause Jesus, you change everything. Only this I see. Just to dwell, dwell, dwell here forever. This will be my posture. Closest friend, most beautiful, most beautiful, because you are his Father, closest friend, most beautiful, most beautiful. One thing I desire, only this I see. Just to dwell, dwell The hard words there's nothing left, so hollow it sings to you for oh, oh. spew activated. I'll never be the same. It's with just one. Oh, yes. Everything, it only takes one.
5: Find someone else who doesn't have a family member and go stand with them. Early this week, as we were praying through today, I saw the Heavenly Father with His hand out, and He's going to heal. He's going to heal you. He's going to heal your family. He's going to heal your marriage. He's going to heal your relationship with your parents and your siblings. So right now, as I corporately pray, I ask for you to pray specifically for the issues in your family, for the relationships in your marriage. In the name of Jesus, I thank you, Father God, that you are Papa. And we call out to the name of Papa, God. And I thank you that you speak into these issues. You speak into health. I speak health. I proclaim health in the name of Jesus over our relationships with our parents, with our in-laws. I speak health over our relationship with our Husbands and our wives, I thank you, Father God, that you walk into the room, you walk into the situation, and you say, Yes, I have a plan and I have an answer. Father, we devote ourselves today to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. And so we thank you right now for changing the situation that has been death, and we speak life into it in the name of Jesus to our brothers and to our sisters. We command life. We command life into the situation, and we curse you, devil. Because Jesus said you came only to steal, kill, and destroy. But that is not what Jesus came. He came for abundant life. So I thank you. You walk into the hospital room, Holy Spirit. You walk into the nursing home room. You walk into the classroom for our kids. Right now, Father, I ask that as a parent, you would help us to not provoke our children to anger. But we would raise them up on discipline and the admonition of Jesus Christ. I thank you, Father God, that above all, you keep us. You help us to continue to love one another. And your love and our love covers a multitude of sins. So I thank you that the sins that may be in our family, that might be in our relationships, that now love begins to cover them. Love draws them out and draws them to the cross, the foot of the cross, where there is healing. We thank you, Jesus, that as waters fill the sea, The earth is filled with knowledge of your glory. Father, we want our families that only believe to fill the earth with the knowledge of the goodness of God. And that the glory that comes from that revelation of Jesus' goodness will protrude, will leave this building, and will leave with us. We thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Jesus, for our children, for our grandchildren. We thank you that you raised them up, that the prayers that have been prayed by the grandmas, grandpas, and great grandmas and great grandpas this year in 2024 will begin to be seen in fruition. Those prayers will begin to be answered, and you will know that Jesus has not forsaken you. We thank you, Father God. We thank you, Father God. Hallelujah. 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 We glorify your name. I thank you for healing Jesus right now. Remember, church. That the same authority that raised Jesus Christ from the dead, that spirit lives in you. So what you've prayed today over your relationships, your family bonds, what you have prayed has the same authority of Christ and God in heaven. So be encouraged. Please go ahead and go back to your seats. We're going to move in to our offering and tithe, our giving time today. And I want to remind you in Galatians 6-7. It says not to be misled, which means don't think that you can do something other than what the scripture has told you. You cannot mock God's justice. What you plant, you will harvest. God is just, and you're going to see that once you plant and what you harvest. What we're planning today in prayer for our families, you're going to see a harvest if you're praying the truth of the scripture or if you're not. I ask you today, what are you planning in the kingdom of God? With your finances? Maybe you don't have a job right now, so with your skill set, what are you giving to the kingdom of God? Many years ago when I was a youth, which I think the youth section has left, but I was I was not a very honest child at all. But when I became a teenager, I suddenly became very honest. My mom still doesn't know why. We talked about it, she's I don't know why you became so honest. But I became so honest in that they trusted wherever I went. They didn't give me a curfew, they didn't They didn't do anything. They didn't call and check on me. If I said that's where I was, that's where I was. And as I grew into adulthood, I started to look for a spouse. And I started to see that (laughs) there weren't a lot of honest potential people. And I wondered, is my standard too high? What is is really the deal? Until one day I met my to-be husband, Ben, who put my honesty to shame. I got to the point in our marriage, I said, could you just chill out on being so honest? I don't think God really, I don't know if God meant that. Well, he obviously did. But what I realize now, what I sowed and planted in my youth, I reaped in the most important relationship of my adult life. I know if my husband says he's at work till 9 p.m., I don't have to Google track him. He's there. So what you plant, church, in your family, and your finances, and in the kingdom of God, you will harvest, be it good or bad. So I ask you today, are you giving the Lord the opportunity to show his justice through the seed that you sow and give in tithe and offering? Remember, he's not a man that he would lie. His character does not alter. And from everlasting to everlasting, he'll do what he's promised for you and for me. So as they bring the buckets, grab your offering tithe envelope or check the screen out and we're going to pray. Father, I thank you that you prove your word, and that's all we ask. That as we are obedient, you will prove your word today to the congregation of Only Believe, and we will go forth into the world to show your glory for the truth you have done. We commit this money to you knowing that you will multiply it 30, 60, and 100 fold. In the name of Jesus, amen.
4: morning only believe a church filled with power and demonstration amen I'm so proud of you I'm watching literally I'm asking people I'm not asking so you have to go against the word I'm asking to take a temperature of what the church is participating in but I ask some of you what you're doing for 21 days and I'm just telling you that I am absolutely utterly amazed and proud at what you're doing you are hungry for Jesus You are pursuing Him at a greater level, seeking, knocking, asking. And I'm just telling you, let me remind those of you that are fasting. I heard this the other day. Fasting without prayer is just a diet. (laughs) I thought, yeah. How many times do you start out fasting, and then before you know it, the only thing you can think about while you're fasting is not thinking about food. So let alone be praying about it. I'm like, Lord, I just started fasting 20 minutes ago. And I ate, and all of a sudden my flesh is starting to cry out. You're hungry. I'm, no, you're not. Shut up. You are not hungry. Yes, I am. I'm hungry. So I encourage you, keep going. Don't give up. You can make it. We're on day 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. We're going to persevere until the end. Amen? We want to be different than we were in 2023. So today we begin our series on prayer um, every year, this is something our church dedicates ourselves to because we believe it is a necessity of the church. The early church in Acts 2 42, it says they gave themselves over to, meaning they, they did this as an important process, to the doctrine of the apostles. That's just the Bible. That's what's happening here that we give ourselves to. Fellowship with believers. That's what we do in small groups. That's what you did before church. That's what you're going to do after church at Azteca if that's the church meeting spot. If you're going north, if you're going south, I don't know what the place is. Probably the Chinese buffet that Randy likes. That's a good meeting place. You have fellowship with other believers. Communion. Communion, remembering the Lord's sacrifice and remembering his return. Amen? Because we're looking forward to that. And then the fourth one was they were given over to prayer. Prayer. And so we as a church in 2024, we will do those four things because that's what the early church modeled themselves after. That's what the late church 2,000 years later will do. Amen? Amen. All right, so let's start with prayer. Hmm. Father, we just come before you, and Lord, we just give ourselves to you today. Father, I give my words to you. Father, I know that I feel the Holy Spirit has given us a word, but Lord, if you feel at any time in your message to change it, then I will adhere and obey. And Father, remove me from this message as much as possible. Let the anointing go forth and break the yoke in the people's lives listening today. Father, let it not return void, but do that which you've purposed it in the heart of man to bring forth a transformation, a supernatural change so that we're never the same and we become more like you. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen. So today I want to start out with a little bit about what prayer is and about what prayer isn't. And as we continue through the month, but today is a foundational day. So I, want to, I just want to tell you that before you know it. There's going to be a lot of scriptures, so get your fingers and work in working order. I know they're cold, but we're going to keep them warm. The definition of prayer simply means to ask, petition, or inquire of the Lord. That's the simple meaning or the technological meaning but I'm going to give you the meaning of what it all of that encompassed in means that we give our attention to God we give our attention to him in a two-way spiritual relationship did you hear that two-way sometimes you and I get caught up in the fact that we pray but we never take the time to listen to the person we're communicating with Prayer is a supernatural type of communication where a human gets to interact and connect with the creator of the universe. The creator of the universe who is not human, he's a supernatural being. So therefore, we connect with him. It's like worship. Our prayer is a part of our worship and our devotion. We connect with God in spirit, our spirit to his spirit. And in truth, and who is truth? Jesus, the only way, truth, and the life. Only by him can we get to the Father, amen? So that's where we're going to start today. It's a two-way street. We're going to start our scripture in Galatians, the fourth chapter today. And I'm going to read this out of the New Living Translation. It says, but when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law... God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law. This doesn't mean slaves like in the old history way. This is slaves. You are in bondage to the world's ways. No one owned these people except the world owned their actions so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children... God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to cry out, Abba, Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God made you his heir. When you and I repented from our sin, and we gave our lives to him, we became the children of God. Just like you were born to earthly parents, and you get to talk with your parents, you get to ask your parents questions. In fact, the older you get, chances are the questions you ask your parents get harder. You realize that? When you're young, your conversation looks like, why? Why? No. No. Yes. Why? Right? You ever met the kid? They're like, Mom, wh- why did this happen? Well, honey, it happened because of such and such. A, but why? Well, because of the... the, the but why? And they just keep, keep taking you deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper into the why. How many times do we find ourselves asking God why? And he answers us. And then we go further. But why? And he answers us again. But why? What is this? It's communication. We're learning. And God's not afraid of your hard questions. He's not afraid to answer the things that are hard. See, man can get a little uncomfortable when we don't have the answer. But God himself is not concerned because he is the answer. When you don't get the why that you want, the answer is because I am. Because I am. I'm everything that you need in a nutshell. And though I can tell you this right here, you're going to keep asking why, 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 why. The answer to your why is because I am, and I am is enough for every why that you have. And sometimes we as Christians, amen, have to be okay with that's our answer to why. But God's never looking to hide through, to hide stuff from us. He's never looking not to work with us through things. You know, Pastor Tim had a message uh, a couple Wednesday nights ago about the boldly, approaching God like David did when he's like, why is this not happening? You said this would happen and blah, 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 blah. Here's the deal. You should never be afraid to ask God the things that you do not understand. Even though you might not get the answer today of what that means because you might not be mature enough to hear the why. You might not have enough understanding of his goodness to understand that this was the best of a bad situation that he could get to deliver your way because of the predicament you put yourself in. But God worked it all out and made it as good as he possibly could. And I'm here to remind you that if there's a situation in your life that is not good, then God's not done with the situation yet. And that prayer is where we need to continue to be. We talk with him and listen to him. How many times do when I conversate with my parents, the first thing I get is the correction of everything I did wrong? I'll go. Let me tell you what happened. Blah 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 blah. And my mom will look at me and she'll go, and that wasn't right. Or dad will say, Now Nicole, you know that wasn't the love of Christ. I didn't get the answer I was wanting to talk to them about. I got correction and instruction on how to do it better and how I could do it God's way. See, a lot of us check out at that point. That's why we don't listen during prayer. Because we don't want God to correct and instruct us. We just want to dump everything on him. We call it a dump site. Like, Lord, I'm here for this hour and I'm just going to tell you what I think. And then you walk away and you feel better. But the Lord was like, oh, well, I'll get them tomorrow. Or maybe I'll try in a dream tonight when they're quiet. And their mouth is shut so I can get a word in edgewise. Two-way conversation. Two-way street. And a part of our prayer is stopping our talking and listening. And not listening so we can respond, but listening so we can learn. Listening so we can be corrected. Listening so we can be transformed ...and truly begin to pursue things the way he wants. Let's go to Matthew 7, 7. Again, laying some foundational truths... ...to what prayer is and what prayer is not. Here's what it says. This one I'm reading out of the NIV. It says, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives... The one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you, if your son asks for bread, will give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will give him a snake? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will the Father in heaven Give good gifts to those who ask him. Good gifts. Did you hear that? Good gifts. See, we ask for things sometimes. We were just having a conversation with Brother Jesse in the office last week when he was here. And he said, do you realize that had God given me whatever airplane he was believing God for, I don't know which one it was. But he said, if I had received what God I had asked God for right then and right there, I would have had no hangar to put it in. I would have had a fight with the whole state of New Orleans about the hangar and where the plane needed to be. And I think it was during COVID, they would have hijacked the hangar anyways and taken everything they had and used it for the government reasons anyways. He said, but because I waited on the perfect timing of God, now I have a hangar to keep it. Now I don't have to fight with the, the state of New Orleans for what I did. He said, but you want to know what was crazy is that the year he began believing for this airplane was in 2009 and the make and the model of the year that he bought was 2009. And he said, God showed me and gave me what I asked for right then and there, but he couldn't deliver what I had to ask for because I couldn't contain what it was he was about to do. We have to understand that our father knows much more about our lives and what's good for us and what's not good for us. I can tell you straight away, I'm gonna use one of my children as an example, and I'm trying to do this as positive as I can. But one of them at 17, almost 18, I think it was, wanted a motorcycle. Now I've got one younger wanting a motorcycle, and something about, I don't know, what speed are those? A 600, 1000 speed motorcycle they went to buy. Not, 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 a, not a 300, not a 400, not a 500, not a 600. We're just going to skip them all and go to 1,000 because we've drove motorcycles our entire life and we know how they work and we know how safe they are. Sometimes God knows what isn't good for you. Sometimes your parents know that with a motorcycle that fast you're going to get a ticket, after a ticket and get six points on your license and almost be threatened that if you get any more, you're not going to have a job because you can't drive there and your parents aren't driving you to your job. Do you understand the point? Is a motorcycle bad? No. Is a motor- everyone that gets on a motorcycle going to die? No. But there are certain personality types <laughs> that motorcycles are not good for. And there's certain age types that maybe shouldn't be on a motorcycle that young. You understand my point? Doesn't matter how much training. Doesn't matter. It matters how much self control you have. Some of you are asking God for a financial breakthrough. Some of you are asking to retire. Randy and I retire. He wanted to retire. Honey, what was our age? Thirty. We were going to retire at thirty. Did you hear those chuckles? Why is everybody chuckling? I don't know either, honey. We thought we were believing God for a miracle. Oh, we were, and God's like, you're too stupid to retire at 30 because you won't save what I told you to save and you won't do right now with the $300, let alone $30,000 that I've asked you to save. Do you understand? So there are things that you and I are in process of learning and in the maturing of our faith and the maturing of self-control, the maturing of giving and generosity. God knows he can't give you the lottery now. He can't go tell you to play the lottery one time in your life because he knows right now if he told you to do that, you'd go be an addict and you'd play it every week because your trust would become in that. But yet you've heard about the lottery winner who God gave her the numbers. She walks right in, says, I've never bought a ticket in my life. Here they are. Boom, 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 boom. Next night she wins $14 million. Here's what I'll tell you. To whom much is given, much was required. She was faithful in the little things, and so God could give her much. And I guarantee you the first check she wrote off of that check was straight to her church to tithe and to say thank you, Jesus. It wasn't to buy her house. It wasn't to get a big yacht. It wasn't to go do the things. It was to bless the kingdom and do what God had purposed her to do. Faithful and little, amen. God knows what's best for us, and he's never giving you anything that's going to break your spirit. If your character cannot handle what you're asking for, did you hear me? If your character cannot be trusted with what you're asking for, the answer is not today. Not today, because God knows what you can handle. Proverbs 15, 29 says that the Lord is far from the wicked, but he hears the prayer of the righteous. Somebody say righteous. If you're walking around steeped in sin and dabbling in the devil's do, what do you think the Lord's going to give you? He doesn't reward bad behavior. I'm going to be honest with you. Is it on merit and behavior? No, but is it based out of righteousness? Yes. Yes, it is. Am I a perfect person? Absolutely not. Is God looking for my perfection? Absolutely not. But He's looking for the pursuit of perfection. He's looking for me to desire to be like Christ. And when I'm pursuing that and I make a mistake or I fall off of the path, it's not doom and hell and ah. It's come on, get back on the path. You got this. Jesus paid the price for you. Repent, pick up your big girl pants, pick up your big boy pants, dust yourself off and say, okay, I'm not going to run that fast again because that's stupid. I got caught up in a whole bunch of junk. I shouldn't have been in and just get back on the path. He hears the righteous. He hears his children and he gives us good gifts. Let's take a few minutes to talk about what prayer is not. Prayer is not a drive-through service. Where you get what you want as quickly as you can. You tell them all the changes that you want to what's already being served up. And in three minutes, boom! Boom! Your answer's here, and now I get to go do what I want to do. No, that's called an order. You drove through the drive-thru, and you placed an order. Sound familiar? Did you order the people taking your order at the box exactly the way you want it? And what special things, you know, the one that comes out with the sticker that says no onions or the fries that you ask for with no salt just so really you can get hot fries and then you ask for extra salt. (laughs) I don't know who does that. That's an order. He's not a genie in the bottle that you get to carry around with you. And that you get to pursue your life and do everything that you want to do until things get so hard that you can't do it on your own. So you're like, oh, I got it. Okay, today's the day. And you pull out this gene and you give him a good rub. Come on, Jesus, let's go. Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, yeah. And then he comes up like a spirit out of a globe and says, what do you wish, my child? And we try to manipulate what's in the genie bottle to get more than three wishes. We know the rules. We know the guidelines. Yet why is it that we try to manipulate a God that already says yes? He's already telling you that I mean you good. I want the best for you. And here we are trying to rub it out and manipulate it when we want. Oh, but then when he tells us what we really, well, no, now, Did you think about these things when you're asking to be the richest person in the world? Did you really think about, we're like, okay, get back in your bottle. We don't want your opinion. Because he's not a genie in the bottle. We don't get to carry him around and use him when we want and command him to fix it. Prayer's not wishes. It's not wishes you don't get to wish it into existence matthew the sixth chapter turn back a page six one it says be careful not to practice your righteousness in front of others to be seen by them if you do you will have no reward from your father in heaven oh you mean there's people that practice to be seen in prayer oh yeah yeah there is There is, because they want to be noted for being a good Christian. A good Christian. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with wanting to be noted as a good Christian. But we don't need you to tell us how long you've been sitting in here praying. We need your life to show us how long you've been sitting and praying. See, because if you truly have been sitting and praying in the Lord, as long as you say you've been in here praying then you won't be nasty any longer. You won't be looking at those people talking bad about them. You won't be yelling at your wife and cursing on the street at the person that just drove by you. Don't tell us how long you've been praying. Show us what prayer has done in your life while you've been doing it that long. Because proof's in the pudding. A good man, my, my uh, it was Steve Yant. I don't know what he was, cousin by marriage, nephew by marriage. I don't know what he was. Anyways, he would tell me, I said, Steve, I said, tell me a a good word you have for Alexis in finding a husband. He was such a man of wisdom. He said, it's simple. Never listen to where a man's mouth is talking. You watch his feet, because where his feet walks is really what he wants you to know. We don't need you to tell us or to show us how humble and how righteous you are in your prayer. We need you to show us what God's changing in your life because you're walking it and not talking it. Amen? Amen. That's where we are. Let's go to Matthew, the sixth chapter, the fifth verse. It says, And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly, I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father. Hmm. That's what we do. So he tells us that we go into our closet to pray. Prayer is not a list of repetitious words. We find this down in the scripture in the seventh verse. Matthew 6, 7, listen what it says here. It says... And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. Now, the King James Version says, literally, this is how I was taught when I was raised. It said, but when you pray, do not use vain repetitions as the heathen do, for they think they shall be heard for much speaking. Here's what that means. Empty, useless words. doesn't mean that you can't ask twice for something. I want to make that clear. Multiple times in my life, I've started out really strong praying and believing for something. And when I pray, I pray and believe in my heart that I've received because the word tells me that. Mark eleven twenty four. 24, right? Pray in your heart, believe that you received when you prayed. And then I just thank God for what he's done from there on out. But there are times that I lose my place. I lose my footing, and for months I let that prayer go, and a little bit of doubt might creep in, and I find myself surrendering it to him once again. Guess what? There's nothing wrong with praying a second time. That's not what this is talking about. That's not what this is talking about. It's talking about vain repetitions. This was a hypocritical place that people were praying big, flowery prayers that could take three minutes. Look, this is how simple this is. Father... I need your help today. I'm an idiot. I can't do this life on my own, and I need you. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, Lord, I just come before you in the name of Jesus. I'm kneeling here on the floor just begging you to come into this room. Please, God, save me. Please, God, help me from this boss at work. You know how he treats me. Oh, God. Just say what you want, for goodness sakes. Just say what you want. When you go to your parents, you don't try to flower nothing up unless you're in trouble. Hear me? I never went to my mom and dad. I'm like, hey, mom, can I have 20 bucks? She's like, sure, baby, here, take your 20 bucks. I didn't have to flower it up. Hey, mom, you know, this is Quentin right now. He's learning. So Quentin's been on bed rest, kind of, like he's not allowed to work and because of this wound. And so he's like, hey, mom. So, you know, it's been a long time. I'm like, yeah, what do you want? And I make him ask on purpose just to drain it out and make it real long. God doesn't need that from you. Walk boldly in there and say, Lord, this is what I'm asking for you today. My marriage is a mess and I need help and I don't know how to fix it. I don't know where to even start. My, my wife has lost her mind this week and I'm trying to make it right. I tried to take the trash out the way she wants me to, but it isn't right. I tried to get her flowers. She doesn't want flowers. She wanted candy. I bought her candy. She said I was trying to make her fat. I don't know what to do. Lord, help me. Is that right, men? I know, I got you down pat. I got you. That's how Randy says I am. You're the hardest woman in the world. You don't need to make it flowery. Here's what I'll remind you. It says literally that we pray, not those repetition things, but we pray and we have this relationship with Jesus. It's this talking, walking relationship with him. This is why the word says prayer, pray continually without ceasing. Do you know what that means? just be in relationship with me just be in relationship with me when i'm at the stoplight i know this sounds crazy i'm not worried about yelling at the guy or the girl next to me who's trying or the roundabout trying to get out of the roundabout before me i'm like just go ahead and go before me it's fine it's not worth it lord i thank you lord you just bless those people today cuz right now i'm like to run into her bumper prayer without ceasing put him in every part of your day right every part of our day See, I just want to remind you that God already spoke your life into existence. He knows exactly what it is that you need. And because he's your father, father, he knows what you have need of even before you ask. But it's the act of submitting ourselves underneath him and just asking what he would will in our situation right mark 11:24 i said so therefore i tell you whatever you ask for in prayer believe that you have it and it will be yours by the way it says attached to the end but be sure when you pray that you don't hold anything against anyone but forgive them that you too may be forgiven So forgiveness is attached to answered prayer. You and I can see that. How many times do we come in and we just blow into the room and then we don't want to examine anything that's going on in our hearts. And we wonder why our prayers might not be answered. Is there something in there against somebody? Maybe something that you've tucked away, kind of like today, that it's that one relationship that you know doesn't function right, but you're going to walk way around it in your prayer. You're like, yeah, we'll deal with that another day. Is that unforgiveness? Is it that you've got something in your heart against somebody that you need to lay at the feet of Jesus? And, And here's the prayer, Lord, this person really hurt me. I'm really hurt and offended by what was said and done to me. And I feel like it was unjust. But I don't know how to get over it. I don't know how to let it go. I don't know how to forget it. I don't know how to forgive it. But I start today by saying, I forgive them. In the name of Jesus, amen. Get up and walk away. And I promise you, it's a working of miracles. And God starts working in the area of forgiveness. And before long you know it, you can actually pray for that person without going That was the test. That's what my dad would say. He would say, Nicole, do you have anything in your heart against nobody? I'm like, no, I ain't got nothing in my heart against nobody. He's like, hmm, what about this person? And he mentioned their name. I go, no, what about this person? No, what about this person? Hmm, he'd say, see, there it is, there it is. You can do this in your own prayer life. You can start going through a list of people that have possibly wronged you, people that you've got aughts with that you're like, when when someone can speak their name and you not go, "Mm," then you're free. Uh, Hear me out. You are free and you'll know that. But if you can't and they still mention that name, there's only one thing you need to be doing and that's praying for that person better things than you pray for yourself. God would teach me. He said, you want to know why people that are jealous attract themselves to you? He said, because you fall for it. Quit being jealous. You start praying and the devil will stop sending them your way. Because as soon as them people that would come with jealousy me, I'd start igniting competition. I'm like, oh, girl, it's on now. And then God started dealing with that ugly part of me. Saying, when I touch, you told me that this competition, you told me that pride, you told me that ego was dead inside of you. You told me that you had become selfless. You told me that I had become the life of your life and that you were going to lie down and do what I ask you to do. Then why, when somebody pokes you with a stick, do you respond? Because if you're dead, last time I checked, you ever been out on the road with some roadkill? If it's dead, it's dead. You can kick it. You can roll it off to the side of the road. It isn't barking. It isn't growling. Yes, somehow that was still alive in me. And one of my leaders said to me, he said, I'm telling you right now, you say you're dead, but you're not dead. That offense is wide alive inside of you or you wouldn't be in my office growling so loud. Can we let it go? Can we really let it go and move on from something that we feel we were wronged in? Someone lied to you. Someone lied about you. Whew, that's a hard one. That's a hard one, right? Give it up. Give it up to God. Give it up. Comes to our last question today. Why should we pray? Why? Why? If, if just for talking? Because we're supposed to talk to God? No, because the creator of the world is inviting us to accomplish his will. When you and I pray, we become participants in God's big plan. Do we have a little plan? We have a plan of our own life, right? Get married, have kids, make more, get grandkids, hold a nice job, retire early, travel where we want, and finally get to live our life. See, that's every American's plan, right? Or some of us farm. They want to farm the rest of their life, be in that big combine, because that's important. It's not that those things are wrong. It's that it's wrong when it takes the precedent to God's will for our lives. When we're okay just living the American dream and having things just be okay. As long as we don't have a whole lot of loss in our life, as long as we've got more than enough money to pay for everything, our kids got enough money to go to college, and we're good. We're good. We're going to attend church on Sunday and just do what God asked us to do on Sundays. You know. And we'll witness to a few people along the way. We'll, we'll witness, Lord. You just, you just tell us. Whatever you want us to do, we'll do. Matthew 6, 9 through 10 says that as a part of the Lord's prayer, this is huge. Listen to this. It says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Honored is thy name. Thy kingdom. Come. Whose kingdom? Not mine. Sometimes I think we realize my kingdom come. It's not my kingdom. It's his kingdom come. Not the way that I want it to be. No, the way he wants his kingdom to look. The way he wants his kingdom to look on earth as it is in heaven. See, this kingdom's already been written that God wants to establish. It's, ri- it's not changeable. It's not changeable. It's already been written. But what we have to do is prayer invites us to into his mindset of what the kingdom looks like in you on this earth. And when you and I submit ourselves into that will... Now we're working with the creator of the universe to bring his kingdom to earth. And when I show up on the scene and I've been in prayer and I know what God wants me to do in a certain situation, it makes his heart happy. Because no longer am I about my will, but I'm about his will. And we say this candidly. Oh, yeah about my Father's will. But are you? Are you? I'm telling you, this message was hard for me to write. See, we pray not to beg or ask and petition over and over, not to change God's mind about our situation or his will. We pray because prayer changes us. And the way we think about it. And I think sometimes we think that God gets to be changed by what we pray. And that he's just waiting up there going, oh, well, you ain't ask enough. No, no, that's not it at all. You haven't asked anything that is according to his will. You've been asking that he remove your enemies from your life. We'll get to that a little bit later about your motives. See, it changes us. It changes our will. It submits our hearts and our minds underneath his mighty hand. It's kind of like it's a chess piece. You know, that chess piece, the second I touch it, it's become under my hand and my plan of my mind. The chess pieces in this life, are not meant to be moved by themselves. They're meant to be moved by God's supernatural hand. But oftentimes we think we know we're in a checkmate position, and we're not. God's like, no, 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 because I understand the move of the enemy. You're not understanding what I see on the other side of the board. Just sit and wait and let my hand move where it needs to move. James 4, 1 through 3, it says right here, it says, what is causing the quarrels and the fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You are jealous of what others have, But you can't get it, so you fight and wage war to take it from them. Yet you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. Okay? Let's go on down to the sixth verse. It says, but he gives us even more grace to stand against such evil desires as the scriptures say, God opposes the proud. He opposes the ones who are dependent upon themselves. He opposes the one who knows better than he does. But he favors the humble. He favors the one who asks for help. He favors the one who sits themselves underneath his hand until he says, this is what you do and this is where you go and this is what I want you to say. He favors them. So humble yourselves before God. Resist the devil. In other words, the devil's going to try to get you to stand up on your own and declare your dependency on yourself. I know exactly what I'm supposed to do. I don't need to pray about this today. I'm good. I'm going to march right in there and I'm going to tell my boss what I think. It's about time I've taken enough from this company. And maybe that wasn't God's plan at all. Resist the devil, resist him from trying to feed you that you are independent of the Almighty God. Resist him and he will flee. And then look what it says, come close to God, come close, and God will come close to you, come close. As soon as you take one step towards God, he takes one step to you. This is what happens. And before you know it, your drawing near, has drew him right into your situation. And he's right there walking with you, right there talking with you, right there saying, I got this. You go, don't be fearful. Let's go. Come on. I got this. This is the God that you serve. Sometimes I catch myself praying. And it, it, it can get pretty, pretty, pretty crazy in my prayers. But I have to remind myself that in Jeremiah 17, 9, that my heart is deceitful above all things. You know, people say, oh, just follow your heart. No, do not follow your heart. Do not follow your heart because your heart is deceitful in all of its ways. In fact, Jeremiah says it's desperately sick. Who can understand it? Psalms 26.2, put me on trial, Lord. This is David's prayer. Put me on trial, God. Examine my heart and see if there's any wrong motive when i pray Sometimes i find myself when i pray with stupid words i'm literally walking cuz i like to walk when i pray and i'm apologizing i'm like god that was stupid i didn't mean that i didn't mean that cuz when i'm a verbal processor so sometimes when i hear it out loud i'm like that was the stupidest prayer you could ever pray of course that's god's will i read in the word that that's his will so why are you asking oh lord if it be your will it is his will Right? Like you just talk to yourself and you work yourself out of it. But I hear the Lord say sometimes to me, why? Why? I remember years ago, years ago, I was walking around the back of the building and I was praying and there was a couple people that had gotten in a tiffle in the church and and I had just gotten off the phone talking to dad about it and I was in the sanctuary and I came to pray about it. And I heard the, and I began to pray about them working this Tiffle out and staying in the church. And he said, Why? And I'm like, What do you mean, why? Because we want them in the church. We want them to stay. We want them to work it out. He said, Why? He's getting to my motive. Why did I want them still in the church? And what God was showing me is that I know more about that Tiffle. And the heart of those two people involved than you would ever know and I might not be leaving them here because of what I know is in their heart and I said you know what it took me listen four days I kept praying for that family those two families four days and I kept hearing the Lord say why and I'd give an answer and the next day he'd come back with why so I knew it wasn't the right answer My answer that I was giving to God, my motive for praying that they would stay was not the right motive. The motive was that two couples in our church would not be ticked off at each other and leave because of the way it would make us look like we couldn't fix the problem. That was the true motive. Now this was a while ago. This is not my motive now. Just remind you, I'm being fully transparent here. But God was looking at my heart because what I didn't want was what was best for the families. I thought I did. I thought what I wanted was best for them. But really God knew that these two families couldn't coexist in this church together and that one needed to go. And he needed me to admit that he knew more about these families than I did. And that if I would submit the lives of the members of this church to him, that he would do the best he could, and that he meant only believe good, and that he meant the pastor's good. I didn't want my dad's heart broke one more time for another couple that was leaving the church. I wanted to save that hurt. I was like, "Gunny, you can't save that hurt, but your motive in what you pray can be according to my will and not yours. Is our motive right in what we pray, church? Here's wrong motives, and I close. Sometimes we pray that God gets rid of our enemies, which really are people that don't agree with you, they irritate you, they aggravate you, they poke you. When really what you're asking is that you want God to punish them for what they did. You won't say it, but you feel it. You're like, you know what, Lord... Don't let them reap it in heaven. Let them reap it now. I've been there. I get it. It's hard when things go unjust and not in your favor and you did nothing wrong in the midst. Sometimes there's just people that want bad things to happen to good people and they're waiting for it. And in fact, they're wanting to read a tabloid about it. Okay, You know, my dad said he used to say, you know, if you don't give them something to talk about, they're going to talk about it anyway, so give them something good to talk about. Be sure that it's not revengeful. How about, oh, Lord, let my gifting shine. So really, you can be noticed by your church so that your ego can be stroked because of your spiritual accomplishment. Because you want to feel important. You want to feel knowledgeable. The Bible says that your gifts will make room for you. Your gifts, if you really have a gift, God's going to make room for that. That doesn't mean you can't come to your pastor. You can't come to your leadership and say, hey, I feel this burning in my heart. And I don't know what my next step is. Can you tell me? Do you know that giftings are not just for the local church? Giftings are for there. They're for out there in the world. And that we're all called to do this, but there's only so many within the church that can equip you to do what you're called to do. But your equipping might not be of the saints. It might be to take what you have into the world so that you can share Jesus with them in a greater way. Are we looking for approval of men? You know, some of us as parents, we feel like we know what's best for our young adult children. (laughs) Don't we? Yeah. Maybe what you're praying for your adult children and you think they're supposed to do really isn't what God has spoke to them to do. And that's hard, right? Because we think we know what's best. But notice what I said, they're adult children. And sometimes we just have to pray according to God's will and say, Lord, I don't know if this is where you want them or you're not. This doesn't bear witness with my spirit. This doesn't sit well with me. But God, nevertheless, remember Jesus in the garden. Nevertheless, not my will, God, but yours be done. I'm going to be honest with you. Some of us want our kids to follow right in our footsteps. Because we were business owners, we want them to be business owners. Maybe they don't want to be business owners. Maybe they want to go to McDonald's and be a manager. Maybe they just want to go home at 5 o'clock and forget about their job because they watched you bring it home every single night of their life. And if that's God's plan for their life, then we have to be okay with that because that's God's will. I gotta be honest with you, I respected my parents solely because my parents never told me what I was called to do. Never, never. They allowed me to work it out almost at a point that I drowned in my own relationship or lack of relationship with Christ because I didn't know how to find it. I didn't know what. This, this purpose thing was so big, so big in my life. It's so big in every teenager, in every college kid's life. What am I supposed to do with my life? Prayer will help you find out what you're supposed to do with your life. See, my dad didn't tell me what I was called to do, nor did my mother. God called me, and God said, this is what I need you to do. And when, here's the good thing about that. When man tells you what you're supposed to do, then when man tells you you're not allowed to do it, you'll believe it. And man can set you there and man can take you down from there. But when God puts you in a place, then it is only God in his hand that can remove you from that place. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be like King Saul. I don't want to be affected by what man can say to me. I want God to speak me, hear, listen, and obey. And when God calls it, he purposes it purposes but here's the problem you and I without prayer without prayer will never know the will of God for our life prayer is a two way street church and our motive must be right when we pray and we seek first the kingdom and everything else will be added your clarity that you're seeking will be added That, that gifting that you're after developing will be finished Everything that you have need of, the fruits of the Spirit in their fullness will begin to grow and begin to get bigger in your life. All you have to do is begin to seek. Seek Him first and pray. And you don't have to worry about how you sound because God's going to make it all right. And as you grow, your language will change. You'll begin to express yourself differently you'll begin to say what you really need or what it is that you're wanting inside. You know, sometimes I go to the Lord and I'm like, Lord, I don't know how to say what I want. I don't know, I'm, but I'm lacking this in my life, in my relationship with you. A couple of weeks later, guy calls me on the phone. He says, Nicole, I think I need to talk to you. I got a word from the Lord for you. I said, okay, what is it? And he said, God says he's gonna begin to reveal patterns in the Bible to you he's going to begin to reveal analogies and typologies that you haven't been able to grasp before. And he's going to begin to sew together your life like a quilt. You've got all these squares and you understand these squares, but he's going to supernaturally knit these squares together. And if you've ever quilted, the little square by itself is beautiful. It's beautiful. But when you put it together and see the whole picture, you're like... Wow, that's awesome. I didn't know how to say what I needed and what I was feeling in my relationship, but I'm, God, there's something missing. I need more. And within weeks, it started to drop. Within weeks, I started to stitch quilts together that had been in my life since I was a teenager and didn't understand why they were there. And God began to reveal things. But it was just me being transparent with God. God, I don't know what I need but there's more, there's more, what is it? And then he heard and he responded. And that was probably the closest to an order I ever got because it was within a couple days. <laughs> you guys, come on, why are you so serious? <laughs> Wait, that's a movie clip. Yeah, wasn't it? Uh huh. Go ahead team, you can play. I want today, I know we're in eight days of prayer, but I want us to just stand to our feet today and I want us to say, what in our life do we want out of our prayer? I think that having a purpose in what you want in your prayer is necessary. And hear me out. If you're not a prayer and you've never actually started walking into prayer and you, you're like, Nick, I can't pray for an hour. I can't do anything. That's, that's fine. I'm not asking that. What I'm asking is, is that you'll commit to pray. And maybe that prayer is only five minutes on your way to work because that's what you can do. God's saying, I'm going to meet you where you're at. Remember, he who is faithful in little will be given much. So if you're faithful with five minutes of prayer and you're completely transparent in that five minutes and your motive is pure, to just say, God, I'm here to meet you today. I don't even know what I'm doing. But Pastor Nicole says I need to pray and I need to communicate and I want to work this relationship out. And I don't even know how to pray with the right motive or the wrong motive, but I just got to trust that you're going to show me how. I want you to purpose that today. And then there's people that have been doing this for years, for years. And maybe you're struggling with the repetition. Maybe you're struggling with that. You know what? You need the Pray First app or the Pray First book down here that we have. I got some down here on the front row underneath the pew. And it talks about the seven to ten different prayer models in the Bible. Shake things up a bit. If you prayed the Lord's Prayer, don't always pray the Lord's Prayer. Pray the tabernacle prayer. Pray the prayer of Jebez. Pray some warfare scriptures. Like, shake it up. Get your prayer life alive again. Stir the faith that's within you. Over the next few weeks, we're going to talk about how to pray some things. What to pray. Next week, we're going to talk about how to boldly approach the throne how to boldly approach it and some things that hold us back and why they hold us back. We're going to talk about that. And then we're going to talk maybe about the prayer of agreement. Prayer of agreement its huge. Huge. Body of believers. Grab the hand next to you today. We're going to practice that prayer before we leave today. <laughs> I hear someone chuckling back there. Before we pray, I want you to look to the person next to you. And if you don't know them, Or maybe you know them, but you don't know the life that they're living before God. I want you to ask if they know Jesus as their personal Savior. I want you to take the time right now. Just ask them. Flat out ask them. There you go. By the way, the other night in prayer on Wednesday, we had a salvation. Just come up in the middle of prayer and say, I want to give my life to Jesus. It was beautiful. Just keep on bringing them in, Lord. Now, if there's anybody here today that the person next to you said they don't know Jesus then just ask him, you wanna come down front, I'll pray with you, I'll even go down front with you. And if that's you today and you're like, I wanna make Jesus a part of my life, the church is here for you, we wanna pray for you, we wanna help you in your walk with Christ. Would there be anybody in this house today? Don't drag them down, ask them down, anybody. Anybody that says, Pastor Nicole, I wanna give my life to Christ today. Okay, careful walking around. I might think you're walking down here. All right, we're going to turn to the person next to you that you're holding their hand and I want you to pray over them today and ask them something in their life that you can agree with them for. I'll take you. You agree with me? Look, I'm coming right back here to Miss Anna Duncan. She ain't got nobody to agree with her. I see you're standing all alone. Come on, Miss Anna, you're going to come right down here with me and pray. Don't worry, I'll turn my microphone off before they know what we really need. (laughs) Look at the person next to you. Ask them what you can pray with them today. And pray the prayer of agreement. And church, I love you. We will see you tomorrow night at 6 o'clock for prayer where we're continuing our 21 days of prayer. Expect God to hear because he is listening.